Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed by women exclusively, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me, as always, is one of my most favoritest people in the whole world, the one and only Ariel. Hi. Hey, girl. How you doing? Oh, I think both of us have had kind of crappy weeks, but I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, hey, but inside I'm like, (laughs) Exactly. Well, we both had birthdays, which sucked. (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Not because birthdays are innately bad. It's just, you know, it's quarantine birthday, which is not ideal. (laughs) No. No. But I have this idea. This is what I want to do. Next year, when things are a little bit cooler... And we can move a boot the world again, hopefully. <laughs> I want to do a massive birthday makeup. So, oh. like, all of us get together and do a group birthday. Oh, that would be so much fun. And I, what I want to do is get a bunch of us together and then rent an insane house somewhere. Ooh, Like okay. a villa, okay? You know, like a $1,500 a night <laughs> villa with a giant pool and a hot tub and just everything you can imagine. And then just spend like a weekend together having a birthday. That sounds fantastic. Right? Yeah. Count me in. That sounds like, great. Even if things are still a little crazy, that's a fairly safe thing if we all take proper precautions. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll just freaking live it up for three or four days in this amazing villa. And it'll all be all our birthdays. Yeah. Drink by the pool. That we'll sounds great. We'll have a big, huge birthday cake. We'll just do it big. Yes, yes. So, I don't know, Palm Springs or somewhere on the coast, something. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad you're on board with my plan. It's kind of a weird transition to talk about this vacation we're looking forward to and the movie that we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Oh, good point. (laughs) (laughs) So, we are going to be reviewing a little movie called Black Rock, directed by Katie Asselton. Before we get into that, though, can you do me a favor and let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is around these parts? Yeah, we spoil it all. Nothing is sacred. We're going to talk about the twists and the ending. So you're forewarned now. All right, here we go into the spoiler zone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let me tell you a little bit about this movie. So first of all, let me tell you about Katie Asselton. Now, I have to be honest, I don't have a ton of information on her. There have not been that I could find a lot of articles about, you know, her process of becoming a director and any of that kind of stuff. But I do have some interesting stuff about the production of the movie itself. So this should be fairly quick. Uh, I know sometimes we get really into the weeds because there's like so much good stuff. This one's going to be a little lighter in the educational department. Yeah, it'll be breezy. It'll be fine. All right, cool. So Katie Asselton was born and raised in Maine, which is... Makes sense. Considering the setting of this movie is Maine. Right. She was a pageant queen. So oh. she was Miss Maine Teen USA in 1995 and first runner up of Miss Teen USA that same year. Wow. I had no idea. Right. <laughs> she <laughs> seems like such a cool girl. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily think pageant, but pageants can be cool, I guess. Sure. Sure. She attended the Boston University School of Communications before she moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in acting. It was in Los Angeles that she met her husband, Mark Duplass, of creep fame, and also she co-starred with him on The League. He is sort of the king of mumblecore. Yep. So she actually co-wrote this with him. It was based on a story 
that she came up with and he wrote the screenplay. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So this is actually the second movie that Asselton has directed. Her first film, The Freebie, it was more of a romantic drama. She co-starred in it with Dax Shepard. The two of them play a married couple whose marriage is getting kind of stale. So they decide they're going to have a free pass for one night and sort of the fallout of, of how that all goes. And it was after this movie that Asselton decided she wanted to do something totally different. So she began developing Black Rock because as an actor, she had only ever really done drama and comedy. And she wanted something that was going to be totally new, something challenged her and something that was completely outside the box of what she had been doing up to this point. So she decided she wanted to write a thriller and she kind of always wanted to be a like James Bond and those were just not roles that were being offered to her. So she's like, okay, fine. I'll just make it myself, which kind of goes along with the advice that she gives to other women who want, who are aspiring filmmakers. Her advice is to make your movie. Don't wait for permission. Make your movie. Oh, I like that. Right. I think that's the hardest, not the hardest part, but I think to some degree, psychologically, the hardest part is taking that leap, you know, waiting for someone to give you the opportunity, working hard to just, hopefully make it happen maybe the best thing is to just say screw it and just make your movie and i yeah. think that's maybe something that she also is a philosophy that she she shares with mike duplass because i've heard him say similar things it was around the press for creep which is a movie that i love that he was saying you know now with the technology as the way it is if you want to make movies you should be making movies every weekend with your friends that's how you get started and so I think she is definitely of that same school of thought. And clearly that's working out for her because she has directed not one, but two movies as well as starred in quite a bit of film and TV. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So Black Rock is based on a story, I, like I said, by Asselton and Duplass wrote the screenplay. Though Asselton did, <laughs> she after it was written, she took a look at it and she was like, yeah, women don't talk like this. So she did a dialogue pass <laughs> on it. <laughs> Because she wanted it to feel like genuine conversations and relationships <laughs> between women. Because, I mean, that's kind of the core of this movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so she wanted to do this. As I said, she wanted to really challenge herself as an actress. She wanted to do something action-oriented, which she had never had the opportunity to do. And, you know, like I said, those roles were just not being offered to her. So she decided that she would just, as her, is her personal philosophy, make the movie herself. Initially, her plan was actually just to star in this movie. She started writing it as like an acting role for herself. But then as she went along, she fell so in love with the story and the characters that she kind of couldn't imagine anybody else telling that story. And so that's when she decided that this is also going to be something that she directed. So she co-wrote, starred in, and directed this movie. Wow. That's yeah. Really so, impressive. yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible. She wanted to make a story about how ferocious women can be when it comes to survival and protecting the people that they love and what exactly they're capable of doing when they're put in a situation like this. And I think we'll get into how we feel about this movie, but that is certainly a message that comes across. Yeah, definitely. The movie had a million dollar budget and she and Duplass actually paid for almost all of it completely out of pocket. Damn. It wasn't until they were actually getting close to production and they realized that the camera that they had budgeted for was not necessarily going to work because they needed something that would shoot in the forest with all of its weird horizontal lines and in low light. So instead of 
killing the project, they decided to go ahead and turn to Kickstarter. It was pretty early when Kickstarter was just getting going, and they were able to fund the last $33,000 of the movie to get the camera package that they needed. Wow. Crazy that she could do it out of pocket. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) That league money. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) The film was shot in Maine, which I said is Asselton's home state. It was shot in sequence over a period of three and a half weeks. And the conditions of the shoot were uh, pretty, pretty rough. (laughs) Apparently the first day of shooting, they had a huge thunder and rainstorm. Oh, no. Yeah. And that was just the beginning. (laughs) Basically, the entire shoot, they were completely fighting the elements. They even had to completely rework the wardrobes because... It was so unseasonably cold there. It w- turned out it was the coldest June on record. Oh, the- my God. Yeah. What luck. <laughs> yeah. It was not great. <laughs> and in addition to that, they were totally roughing it. Not only were there, like, no fancy trailers for the celebrities, there were no bathrooms. Oh, no. <laughs> so Asselton said that they were basically just drift drying in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i mean i have done that plenty of times on camping trips but you would not expect that if you were a celebrity coming in to work on a movie (laughs) it kind of gives me a little more respect for everybody involved you know what i mean that they're not so up their own asses fancy pants celebrities that they were just like i'm passionate about this project i shall pee outside as someone who does not enjoy peeing outside (laughs) the stakes of that feel very intense for me like i would really 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 have to want to be somewhere to be outside really? oh man they also did those nudity scenes in the freezing cold weather right too. yes that does i mean those scenes were raw and rough as it was yeah and now imagine that freezing cold it sucks because you think june shouldn't be too bad apparently right. not only was it really really cold there were an insane amount of bugs oh bummer right so you think you would be able to one or the other, one or the other, but <laughs> they got both, <laughs> which is the other thing I have no interest in. Clearly, the conditions of the shoot were not ideal, but there is a little bit of a silver lining in that it was a very bonding experience for the cast. They felt that they were on an actual camping trip, and they got really, really close during the making of the film. After the shoot at night, they would all hang out together at, you know, Wherever they were staying, the three of them, the three lead actresses would all hang out every night and they would drink beer and whiskey and stay up all night. They'd watch old VHS movies that they had borrowed from Asselton's parents' house (laughs) and just bonded and got really close. That's cool. I think you can feel that, too, when we start talking about it. But Definitely. So the movie premiered at Sundance in 2012 and hit VOD and limited theatrical the following year. And yeah, that is what I got for Black Rock. Awesome. All right. So now you have the synopsis. You want to do me a favor and break it down for the listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Black Rock is about three best friends, Sarah, Abby, and Lou. Abby and Lou had a big falling out um, years ago after one of them slept with the other's boyfriends. So they haven't spoken in years. So their friend Sarah cons them into going on a camping trip to an isolated island in Maine that they visited as kids to help them reconnect and maybe learn to forgive each other. Once there, they decide to try and track down a time capsule that they buried when they were young, but the adventure quickly dissolves into an argument between Abby and Lou, and they return to the beach where three hunters stumble upon them, 
and the women realize that they knew one of the men when they were kids. So the men have just returned from the Middle East after being dishonorably discharged from the army, but they all decide to hang out, and after drinking, Abby begins flirting with one of the guys and goes off into the woods with him. Things quickly go wrong when the guy tries to rape Abby, and she hits him in the head and kills him. And now his friends want revenge and begin hunting the women. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's subject matter heavy. Not yes. light. Not light at all. So what did you think about this movie? Okay. So the thriller aspects of this movie, I think, don't really tread any new ground. They're somewhat predictable in how everything goes out. But I think the really strong part of this movie and what I found myself enjoying the most was the relationship between the women, the way that the rape is discussed, and everything that sort of happens when they have to survive all of this. Yeah. So while the thriller parts and the kind of more horror-esque parts of the movie weren't necessarily as tension-filled or new as maybe they could have been, all of the other stuff about the friendship is really mm -hmm. what kept me completely invested in this movie. And I think it's kind of like a good diverting movie, right? right. I mean, there are some tough subject matters that come up, like we were, I just went over in the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. But there's also an element of it that's just a fun thriller to watch. Yes, definitely. I know that Asselton has cited Deliverance as yeah. one of her main influences in this movie, and I think that's very clear. Yes, it, definitely. Although it, I feel like it does pull punches in ways that I'm relieved about, but also ways that leave the movie feeling a little light to me. Yep. The plot of this is very simple. If you've watched these thrillers, these like man is the greatest game kind of films, <laughs> right. there isn't a lot new from that aspect. But what I think is fresh is, like you said, is the emphasis on the complicated female friendships. And I think... That there are some parts of this movie that we'll get into that are very underwritten, but one place where I think it really does well is in these friendships and the way that it, it centers the movie and values the complicated interdynamics that women can sometimes have in friendships and that how there can be, even when there's problems, there's still that love and bond and sisterhood there. That I really enjoyed about this movie. I also think that it feels, like you said, that you could feel that friendship and bond that they had making the movie on in the film. And I agree with that. And I think that's one of the great strengths of this movie. I am not a huge Kate Bosworth fan, but if she was always as good as she is in this movie, I would be. Yeah. She felt really strong to me in this movie. And mm -hmm. the friendship between the women is really the selling point because now that I know about the backstory of the production, it makes so much sense to me because those relationships felt very lived in. A lot of movies with close friendships often feel like these people just met each other five minutes ago, right? And yeah. are just kind of playing along in the roles of friends. These ones really felt genuine. And I also think her maybe rewriting some of the yes, dialogue. Obviously, we don't know what it looked like beforehand, but the dialogue felt real mm -hmm. to me because a lot of times you're kind of like, Oh, that's not. No, I would, would say never that. say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is the problem with a lot of these movies is they're written by what men think women sound like, and yes. the fact that she punched up the dialogue, I think, does give an authenticity to the you know the dialogue between these characters. So, I felt like the conversation on the beach was the kind of conversation that you would have with a friend that manages to deliver a lot of 
nuanced backstory that you understand the dynamic and like the history of the friendship but it doesn't feel like a total exposition dump feels like a conversation women would have when they're reminiscing in a way that felt very authentic so that when you know things start to go sideways there are some stakes because even if you're not invested in these individual women the dynamic of that friendship is something that i think you can really latch onto and get invested in yeah and the tension between abby and lou to me felt very genuine too yes too genuine and, <laughs> yeah it often kind of left me squirming when they're on that hike and I think it's Abby is being kind of a downer about it, you know, sort of complaining about everything and Lou's kind of jumping on her for that. And then it devolves into them arguing about the bigger issue of the whole cheating thing. Mm -hmm. It felt very real to me and also super uncomfortable because of that. And when they get back to the beach and Kate Bosworth's character is kind of trying to show Lou the other side, like why Abby might be hurt. That also felt really real to me. And again, you're getting, like you were saying, you're getting more information about their characters without it feeling like they're just dumping it all on you. I'm glad you brought up that scene. I actually really love that scene because it felt like the friend in the middle in a way that you don't often see that dynamic shown in a real way where she's like, I'm very in the middle of this, but you're wrong in this situation. And it's right. delivered in a way where it doesn't feel like she's preaching. It feels like the way that you would talk to a valued friend about when they fucked up. Yeah. And I think it shows you empathy for both of those two characters. Yeah. The one that sort of made the transgression and the one who got hurt from it. Yeah. And all this makes it a lot more believable when things go sideways and you have these like conversations and the, these whispered conversations right. in the wood that are so fraught especially the nude scene which is pretty wild that comes along uh, yes. partway through this movie um <laughs> yeah so do the you want to talk scene. about that yeah let's okay. talk about i want to know what you think i kind of feel like it makes sense thematically first of all it makes sense from this perspective of you know if your clothes are frozen you have to take them off right and then you do have to cuddle for warmth and I feel like this could slip into weird exploitation territory. And I think it plays with that a little bit because this movie, even though its approach is very serious, it's very clearly born of an exploitation type of film. So yeah. I think it's almost a nod to exploitation. But I think what makes it work for me is that it, it kind of on a thematic level works in that, you know, here they are having absolute vulnerability and having to find strength to fight and to tap into this ferocious you know animalistic side of themselves uncivilized side of themselves in order to survive and i think that's sort of a visual representation of that yeah and also like you said they have to be vulnerable to sort of have that conversation with each other so they can right. move forward so they're literally like stripping off layers to get to what's underneath you know right and what really matters is that connection that they have yes I also really enjoyed the slap fight. <laughs> I I, I yeah. feel like it was very improvised. And I don't know. It was like kind of a moment of levity when you really sort of needed it. And it kind of, I don't know. It kind of took away some of the, the I don't know, intensity around why are these characters suddenly nude? What is happening <laughs> right. here? I don't know. It lightened things. It, it, it was one of the few moments in this movie that it didn't take itself super seriously. And I appreciated that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that part is a little silly, but also makes sense in the context of their friendship and what's happening there. And I was glad that they didn't 
have the nudity going forever. So one of the things that I appreciated is that, okay, so they are huddled together and then they get up and they're still nude, right? But I was afraid we were about to get scenes of them being chased through the forest by the guy while they were naked. Mm, And we didn't. It ended. They got their clothes back on before the guys were ever back in the scene. And I think that made it make more sense for me. And it's also presented in an extremely non-sexual way. Yes, very much so. Even the, their body positioning, is none of it no. is objective. There's no come hither kind of stuff. No, happening. not at all. It's very hunched over and yeah. fetal and in no way is it titillating. Yeah. Like I said, I was a little nervous it might go that direction. But they, right. she didn't I, that. Didn't that didn't even occur to me. It. I would have been so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, like, it was only the two of them in the scene. Nobody actually, aside from us as the viewer, is seeing them naked. Right. Exactly. The fact uh-huh. that the guys weren't there, they weren't even in the background, like, spying on them. Made it's just it... a very unique nude scene. Yeah, definitely. Unlike many that I've seen. So I don't know. It was worth noting. The other thing is, I feel like we need to talk about the attempted rape scene and see what you think about how that was all handled. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I'm a little bit of two minds, too. So if you're kind of conflicted, you're not alone. Yeah. So I would say on the one hand, I'm not sure if they filmed it in a way that showed kind of the horror of really what was happening to this woman. On the other hand, I think they did show how quickly things can change. Yes. In a situation. And I'm guessing like me, you've probably had that happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe it didn't end the way it ends for her. Obviously, I have not actually killed anyone. No, (laughs) right. Wanted to, (laughs) but in various times in my life, kind of on a daily basis. I also appreciated some of the conversations that happened afterwards. Interesting. Because I felt a little... Okay. So I actually didn't have an issue with how it was shot. Okay. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but my issue is more about how it was treated after. So I thought it was interesting that they show how complicated it can be and how... No matter how someone may be behaving, when the line is drawn, the line is there. And sort of the unambiguous no means no message of the scene, I think, works. I just don't. And I do like that all of her friends immediately came. There wasn't like a lot of slut shaming or any of that or like what really happened or questioning. Her friends definitely rallied around her immediately. There was no ambiguity about it. That I think works. But at the same time, I kind of feel like it kind of goes unexamined and breezed over in the movie. And there's a couple of moments like that in the movie where I feel like we don't go deep enough with it that it, as an inciting moment, I felt like we should have maybe had more process around it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing's over pretty quickly. And then we just, we really just move on. I mean, I think it's brought up maybe one other time. But Mm -hmm. it it really is moved past quickly. I guess what I meant when I said that I appreciated some of the way that the rape was talked about is that one, her friends immediately got it and defended her. And also the guys made comments about, oh, well, she was flirting all night and she lured him into the woods. It was her fault. And the friends defend her. But I think that is kind of an important thing to say just because Mm -hmm. like dudes say that shit. And 
I think it's it's important that it like one that's realistic and two to have the counter to that. Like, no, you're wrong. Right. I, I mean, it's not poorly done. I just think you're swaying me a little bit because you're right. There is kind of I don't know. I think maybe my issue comes back to and we'll get into this. The soldiers characters themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is probably one of my big cons that we'll get yep. into. I mean, OK, overall, just sort of I thought the movie moved really quickly. There was not a lot of space to lose interest or get bored. Once this gets going, it's going. And so pacing wise, I thought that it was solid. It's very simple, but it's a classic sort of story. And it's told effectively with a nice little twist of the focus of the female characters. Yeah, I think it's an enjoyable movie. And I mean, I think it's sort of predictable that you have these three friends, right? And two of them aren't getting along. And so, of course, the one friend in the middle is going to be the one that dies. And the two friends who haven't spoken in years are going to be the ones that have to put that aside or get over it Mm -hmm. and band together. I mean, there's I think that was pretty clear. You could see that coming. But the female friendships were so strong and felt so realistic that I didn't really mind. And I thought that the way that they showed Lou and Abby banding together, like the naked scene in the woods, even the slapping thing, them holding each other and them kind of having to like move forward and work together all worked really well for me. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. Sarah's sort of the glue of this friendship. She's the one that that forced them all together, kind of got them to go do this, has sort of been playing the middle for all of this, you know, all these years, whatever the case may be. And when she dies, it's shocking when it happens. But I really felt like this is one of my cons is that it's so it's again, so sort of breezed over. On one hand, the way that she dies is realistic. You know, you get shot, you fall down. But emotionally, I felt like it was a little unsatisfying because, you know, it just happened so abruptly. And then there was no processing around it. There's no like, oh, my God, she's gone. What does this mean? Yeah. Even when they have a moment to kind of pause, it doesn't feel like they ever talk about her again or even really mention her name. Right. And that feels weird. And I think that is one of the things that the movie doesn't do so well is that these events that should have emotional weight to them don't feel like they really have any emotional weight. I agree. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, that should be devastating when she dies. And instead, it's just kind of like, oh, she was so good, though. I enjoyed her performance. (laughs) And I think part of it is because you don't really ever see her friends mourn her in any way. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I understand that their dynamic, they're in a survival situation. And one of the more unrealistic things is that they would spend a bunch of time. But I think it's not a documentary. It's a fictional narrative. I needed them to care so that I could care a little bit more about Sarah dying. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like a scene of them running through the woods with tears streaming down their face, just something so that I know that it matters, like that there are stakes here. Yeah, I agree. The other place that I think I have a little trouble is with the soldier characters. Yeah, that's a big one on my list. Yeah, I I wish we had gotten more about them. I wish they were a little bit deeper characters. They're very one-dimensional. And I get that in the grand scheme of things, they matter less than our main characters. And so they do get the larger share of characterization. But I also feel like when they're just these sort of one-dimensional archetypes, you lose some of the nuance and the complication that would make this more compelling. I wish there was one scene where Abby and Lou are maybe just hiding in the woods and watching them talk to each other. That isn't just them fighting on the beach or 
saying creepy things about getting dishonorably discharged. I wish we could have gotten to know them a little bit as people and that there had been a little more, we got hints that they had some disagreements and one of them was more all in and the other one was a little bit like, I don't know about this, but I wish we could have explored more of that because it makes them just sort of cartoonish villains. And also the villainization of PTSD is kind of uncomfortable yeah. for me. I needed to know who they were a little bit more to kind of offset some of that. I don't know. How about right, you? So that it's not just like a soldier's gone through something really traumatic and now they've turned bad. And now they're thing. evil. Yeah. Exactly. And I could see the potential there, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I just don't feel like it. I don't know. Maybe there's some scenes they cut. Maybe there was this did exist at one point. But in the end... Again, I don't care about them, and it lowers the stakes overall. I don't know. I feel like it's just a missed opportunity. It felt very light, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, we got, a like you were saying, a little bit of their backstory about being dishonorably discharged that maybe gave you a taste of their dynamic. But it would have been really helpful to have more because they do feel like kind of cardboard cutouts of people, not like real people. And I think even if I didn't know more about each of them personally, if they had felt like real characters, for instance, the tall, skinny guy, the one who's attacking them all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. um, Alex? No, no, Derek, Derek. He didn't feel like a real person to me at all. But he also didn't like, I'm crazy. Yeah, but also not in a way that was really fun. Do you know what I mean? Like how Mm -hmm. some people kind of go all in in that villainous thing, but it's really fun to watch them do that. Well, there was no camp to it. Yeah. It just felt like subpar acting and and maybe script at that point. Yeah, performances were a bit mixed for me throughout the film. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Kate Bosworth, who usually to me is just sort of doe-eyed and... yeah pretty and present but not really much else i i found her to be the most real i've ever seen her and i was like yeah okay i get it i get the bosworth thing i'm in (laughs) i thought that lake bell was pretty great in this there are a couple shots where she goes from being normal to being crazed and i'm like wait oh that where did right that are a little (laughs) odd that i think are maybe editing our direction issues i don't know But overall, I thought she was pretty great, particularly in the scenes where they're talking about the history and she just kind of like let it go. You could see that somebody who you got the nuance of that. On one hand, she really just wants her to get over it. But also some of that desire for her to just get over it is around some shame. She's not ready to be. Yeah, she's defensive because she feels like she did something wrong. She knows it deep down that it was a fucked up thing to do. And that those layers are present, I think really speaks to her performance. Yeah. I thought Katie Asselton was good in this. I definitely felt like this was a part that she wrote for herself. <laughs> she was chewing up that scenery. Everything about that part was like crafted to, to yeah. her specifications and desires and things that she wanted to do. <laughs> She's not the character that in that group that would typically become sort of your leader character. So I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's not bad. But I was just like, uh, if I didn't know that she had written this for herself, I would have suspected. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but then the weaker would be obviously the Derek character because he just is crazy. That is his character. He is quiet and creepy and then crazy. With the exception of the final scene, there are a couple of moments where you see some layers that I'm like, oh, 
there was potential here. I wish we had gone with this. Mm, Particularly when he's telling her, like, just stand still. You do not want to get shot twice. Yeah, that's true. That was a good line. line, And I was kind of like, okay, here we go. Where are we going with this? And some of his reactions during that fight scene go against expectation in a way that he's clearly making choices as an actor. And I feel like if there was some writing to back that up, he could have been really interesting. I just don't think there was a lot for him to work with. Yeah, I I agree. Definitely. And the same goes for Alex. I think their fight on the beach when he's like, you know, that's somebody's mother and their or daughter or sister. You could see the hints of something. He wasn't so one note. You could see he was torn between trying to be loyal to his friend, but also like, I feel kind of ambiguous about what we're going to do. That was slightly more complicated. And I appreciated that. And it, again, gave me hope that if that had been expanded on, it would have been just more interesting, I think, if they were people that our heroes were hunting, as opposed to, like you said, cardboard cutouts. Yeah. I have a couple more cons. Do you? Okay. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have like one or two, but yeah. Uh-huh. Just a really quick one. There's an unnecessary fat joke when they're doing the campfire uh, scene. I know. I know. I know. But I really wish it had been left out because it added absolutely nothing to mm-hmm. the backstories. Of it wasn't of even funny wasn't funny bad jokes in general are kind of lame and lazy but if you make me laugh i don't yeah, like I can't it forgive a lot. i don't love it but i like it you know what i <laughs> yeah. mean but it also just wasn't that funny it was just no. weirdly mean-spirited and i mean duplass is that's what he does that's what she does they're comedic actors do better <laughs> yeah be funny or leave it out yeah you know? <laughs> agree also this is more maybe a con for me more than everybody else but the flirting scene at the campfire just made me so intensely uncomfortable yeah so so uncomfortable i kind of felt like it went on a little bit too long but my last thing would be that the last bit of the movie i don't think there's enough tension in it where a lot of times in thrillers with like cat and mouse games and stuff i feel kind of like on the edge of my seat right and i didn't feel that as much in this movie and i think some of that has to do with the male characters maybe not being menacing enough or angry enough in certain scenes where i just didn't like or i didn't feel the stakes as much as i wanted to the direction in the dramatic scenes i think is pretty strong and I think that's more of where Asselton has experience. It's her comfortable place and she's growing and expanding and getting out of her comfort zone with the action scenes. And they're not bad, but they're not great. And yeah. in particular, that final fight scene, I felt despite it being pretty violent, I felt that it was weirdly flinching away from showing the violence in a way that yeah. felt almost like cheap. I don't know. You could feel the struggle in those scenes. It wasn't well-executed action scene. It's not terrible, but it was the only time in the movie where I was kind of like, ooh, yeah, that's not quite clicking. Whereas all of the dramatic scenes I thought were pretty strong. Even the scene where they're crawling on the beach is another one that's kind of just okay because the lighting is very strange in that scene. It's meant to be dark and moonlit, but it feels very spotlighted. Right. I don't know if you noticed That's true. that. Yeah, yeah. But shit, it's better than anything I can do. I'm just, <laughs> but, you know, these are things that just stood out to me if we're being critical about it. That final scene didn't quite work for me. I mean, on one hand, I think it's very realistic. If you were just 
an average person suddenly in a life or death situation with someone who has training, there wouldn't be a lot of clever scenes where you're, you know, coming up with a plan. It would be very like, let's get to the boat. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, what? let's get to the other boat. That's very realistic. And that there wouldn't be a lot of fighting back and forth is very realistic. <laughs> you know, it would basically go straight to kill or be killed. And it's going to be sloppy and not very well executed. That felt very real to me. I just think the execution of the actual fight scene was a little inky. Yeah, I agree. And I think the tension building up to that scene is a little lacking too. And then the way it's filmed is is lacking. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in these movies, this type of movie, I get so wrapped up in it that when somebody's stabbed or hit in the head, I will physically flinch Mm -hmm. because I feel it in my body. (laughs) I did not get any of that with this movie. I felt kind of detached a little bit from what was happening where I was like, I was enjoying watching it, but it didn't have those same stakes and that same feeling that I would get if it was maybe executed a little better. Especially if you think of it in compared to something like Ravenous and that final fight scene. It's just down and dirty And everything hurt. Your body is just clenched because you're like, everything about this is so brutal and animalistic. And I can't quite put my finger on exactly why it doesn't. But I think some of it is, like you said, there isn't tension. But what is? why isn't there tension? Yeah, I'm not even entirely sure other than, yeah, there just isn't enough menace and anger in the male characters. There aren't enough stakes when bad things do happen so that you're you feel the stakes are pretty low later when more bad things seem like they're going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we sound, I sounding really negative, but overall <laughs> I didn't love this movie, but I did like it quite a bit. And I yeah. think conceptually I'm very into it. You know, I think the casting overall was pretty good. I think most of the performances were good. It just felt a little, I keep coming back to this word light. It just didn't go quite as far as I wanted it to in a few different areas. So yeah, I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I think if you're in, if you want a diverting movie that's just kind of fun and with you can a reasonable kind of runtime, yeah, mm. then I think this is a good choice. But yeah. don't go in there expecting this to be some kind of masterpiece because it's just it's not quite there. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah, it's just not great. good. Yeah, and that's okay. Sometimes you just want a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. So overall, would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, I think I would. I think I would just preface it with, you know, I can give you a lot of horror recommendations that are going to blow your mind. This isn't going to be one of them, but you're going to have a fun time watching it. Right. Yeah, I would recommend this, especially if someone is really into kind of realistic thrillers or they're on a, I want the, you know, surviving the game. But for ladies, I'd be like, I have the perfect movie for you. Yeah. 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 You know, part of me kind of wishes that, We could also get another movie just about the female friendships because I do think that there was a lot of really great stuff there and just Mm -hmm. more of their conversations. Like if we had had a movie where they actually went on that treasure hunt, you know, they like went on this adventure on the island. It was all about them like reconnecting and bonding and having more of those chats. That would have been really cool. I don't know if anybody would watch that other than us. I'd watch it. I think it would be cool. I mean, also, I would have been okay with 10 more minutes of the movie if it was that. And then yeah, the absolutely. guys show up, you know? That's the other thing about this is it's a quick movie. Mm-hmm. So if you need a short diversion, you know, on an afternoon or something, this is a great one for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's on Prime and on Hulu, so it's totally yeah. accessible. I would say, yeah, check it out. Absolutely. It's worth your time. 
All right, cool. So for those of you at home who have some thoughts on this movie or have a movie you think we should be covering or have a question, whatever the case may be, you can reach us a couple of different ways. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up over on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll make us feel very warm and fuzzy and special and appreciated, loved and validated and less alone in the vast empty Mm. space just kidding but yeah give us a review (laughs) on itunes (laughs) and if you're looking for something to watch tonight obviously black rock is an option but you can also head over to our video on demand calendar at zombiegirls.com where we have a calendar of all the upcoming and current horror movies that are streaming and on video on demand now you just click on it it'll take you to where you gotta go you're good to go all right, cool. So that just leaves us with what we're going to be talking about on the next episode. Now, Ariel, it is your turn, my friend. I'm so excited. What are we watching? We are going to be watching a movie that came out earlier this year called The Deeper You Dig. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. This has been on my radar. Yes. Yeah, me too. And I had a friend the other day tell me that it was really good and I needed to watch it. And it is co-directed by a woman named Toby Poser. And I'm really interested in doing the research for this episode because I read that she made this film, like wrote, directed, and acted in this film alongside her family. Yeah. So I think it's like a whole family affair, right? Yep. yep. And it, the movie itself, I think, is about family bonds. So it's going to be very meta. Yeah, yeah, so I'm excited for it. Awesome, okay, cool. So the deeper you dig, everybody who is playing along at home, check it out. We'll be back in two weeks with our review. All right, Ariel, take us out. All right, everybody, that's it for our episode of Black Rock. Catch us next time for the deeper you dig. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.